This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? I'm a little annoyed, Steve. I think it's um, it's pretty messed up that you delayed having a podcast for like four months just so you didn't have to tell me I was right about Oklahoma State. <laughs> that's pretty that's crazy it's crazy that you you know you're just like oh yeah we just we won't record for half a year so that i don't have to talk about it and tell mike he was right i don't know you've been riding that oklahoma state uh wagon since uh since we started the podcast and took yeah, a just, break just, just long enough to make it irre- irrelevant for you to brag about it yeah i was just like three or four years too early on that one <laughs> but it still feels good graduate isa rodriguez mystery man and then they become national champs that's right. And little surprise for the listeners, not as always, from the House of Sav, we have back on the podcast tonight our friend, newly married, Trent Fontanella. Trent, how are you doing, bud? We're back, baby. What's up, to crew? I am honored to be invited back. I am inspired. I'm feeling great being on the pod tonight. I set myself up for success knowing I was coming in as being the guest. I was just at the local pool bar in Pelham, uh, Strokers, as they call it now. It's a, it's a pool bar. I promise you, it's a pool bar. But uh, I was getting in the mood, getting a little loose, getting excited for the night. I'm back, actually, home for the holidays. So I'm in my childhood home, Pelham, New Hampshire, my childhood room. I'm looking at posters on my wall, Sports Illustrated for Kid posters of, of Maurice Claret, uh, Dante Ooh. Culpepper. Uh, we, of course, have a lot of Michael Jordan. We got Barry Zito. Uh, we, we got, we got some, some real winners here, some Ricky Williams, some Steve Francis. So I could not be in a better headspace to hop on the mic. So, sorry for my shitty audio, by the way, it's not my mic, but to theoretically, you know, it's, it's a hop on the mics and talk to the boys tonight. What, what sport did Maurice Claret play? Are you, Are you kidding, kidding me? me? I'm not shitting wrong you. with you. Are you, this is like the original, you know, like at least in my, not the original, of course, but this is our generation's like, like complete college standout whose legal problems off the field problems ah. totally up to the guy but he is like when he came out when i got this poster of him i won't even say it because i'm gonna make you you work for this a little bit but he was the coolest athlete there was in his sport at the time he was a basketball player then for sure oh, oh. steve football player running ba- back college, college baseball Ohio state running back Maurice winner, i believe right yeah so Heisman Trophy yeah. winner, but he, yeah. So what? I forget what happened to him off. We don't need to make this a Maurice Clark podcast. But I think maybe we should actually. He was going to be back. I mean, and this is at a time where running backs ruled the NFL, right? Like yeah. you had your bell cow back before Bill before Bill Belichick completely changed the NFL and was like, no, you have three running backs who all do different things. He was coming in and he got into some legal trouble and it never happened for him, right? Like what the hell? I forget what happened to him. Do you have not- guns or something? 
I'm not, I think it was a gum thing. I'm I'm Googling it right now. We got former Ohio State star Maurice Claret sentenced to prison, aggravated robbery, concealed weapons. I mean, he was he was doing it all at the time. And then the, I think Ohio State, you know, lost some of their wins in that era, if I remember correctly. But yeah, he he talks drugs, jail time, guns, robbery. I mean, he was he was uh he was a little he wasn't as focused on the gridiron as he should have been in order to be a superstar. But and Maurice Corbett again, I think it was like junior year is the poster I have. I mean that was that was as good as it got. Go go watch some Maurice Corbett highlights I, on YouTube. I will. I just so, I just I mean, like I just that wasn't is the a... peak too early. That is the peak too early difference right there. You turn into <laughs> you tune into a running podcast and we spend the top five minutes of the show talking about how Maurice Corbett ruined his football career our our first podcast in four months we have so much to talk about <laughs> and we we start off with maurice claret it's great before we transition though that's a perfect that's a perfect segue into one of the things i wanted to talk about today trent so we're, we i want to talk i want to talk about your wedding wedding i want to hear about your amazing uh, all the cool shit you did on your honeymoon but i did i did want to start off the podcast by talking about at our family christmas party we do a a white elephant, you know, gift exchange. It's called the re-gift gift exchange. So you can either re-gift something that you have lying around the house, something that you, you know, you don't like. It could be a joke or whatever, or you can spend up to, to $20. So the idea is you get everybody together to do a gift exchange, but you don't want people to spend money. If you do want to spend money, you can spend a little bit of money, but the idea is like to re-gift stuff from around the house. And it's a lot of fun and, and, it, and it's pretty funny. Um, there was something that came up. I didn't have a good number. So I knew that if I had to get something, I had to get something like mid-value, something that not a ton of people wanted that I knew I could hang on to. And I got something which I'm going to eventually give to you as a late uh, wedding present. But I wanted to show it on the podcast just because it's pretty relevant to the history of this podcast and your wedding. I got this Pawtucket Red Sox. Jackie Bradley Jr. bobblehead. Oh. Look at that. Look at how sick that is. So that is uh, I saw insane. that and I was like, I know somebody that needs to have this. So this this is this will this is a gift I have for you eventually that trend. But listeners know we have Jackie Bradley Jr., greatest defensive center fielder of all time, arguably, <laughs> laying out to make a snag. But the fact that it's a paw socks bobblehead, I would it's tell even you what, better. I'm looking around and I'm sure I have some old bobbleheads in this room. I don't have any paw socks on. So that will be that will be the 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 cream of the crop right there. That is it's too generous. I feel bad even being in the conversation of who you think about giving that to. So if you decide to change your mind, I totally understand because that's, that's one person that needs to have this bobblehead and it is you, Trent. And that's why I grabbed it. But then the other thing is I want to talk about is you know, since the beginning of this pot of this podcast, and since you know, I think this goes back way back to the Stonehill dorms. There's been a song that only true diehards of Jackie Bradley Jr. know, right? And it was his it was his walk off song in like his rookie year that was done by like his friend or whatever. What, what do you know? What gift or gift? Yeah, it's like his gift. friend, right? Who made the song, right? And it was, it's been an anthem for Mike and Trent at Stonehill. It's been included in some videos in this podcast. Um, there was a one point where Sam Parsons asked what that song was. And then there was a video with like them at a workout and the song was playing, which was really good. But there was a running influencer this week that used that song in one of his videos, right? 
And no. I commented on it and I said, it's uh it's 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 a it's a big running influencer. Uh his uh Tommy Tommy runs, right? I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast would probably know who that is, but he used that song in a video. And I commented and I said, Tommy, you gotta tell me how you discovered the song, and he never responded to it. But there's no way we don't have a role in that song being in that video. I uh I'm looking at YouTube right now. So the like the track here, they just don't know. It came out 14 years ago. It only has 1.2 million views. So I mean, the guy, the guy, like nothing. He's not. He's not a nothing. Like a guy. So 1.2 million views. How many of those views do you account for? (laughs) I'll take the point two for sure. Like (laughs) you'd be under a million with anyone else, but the fact that this is now like people are posting this as they're into like you know on their their stories and stuff to to pump up whatever they need to pump up. I mean, that's that's pretty special that he found that. But it's it's. It's the greatest walk. What I'm song. saying is, Pete really should be collecting royalties on this song. Oh, I, I, there's not too many royalties to collect, unfortunately. But yes, we <laughs> but then, and then, and then, the real point of this is, at your wedding, you had a joke at your wedding that was for maybe two to three people in the room, and they're on this podcast. So at your reception, you came out to that song, and Mike and I started dying laughing. And it, it and nobody else in the entire wedding knew why. There were a lot of things for Megan at this wedding. Like she wanted things, and I was happy to go with it, and and that was great. And when we were trying to think of walk up songs, like Megan, I got this. Like I've always <laughs> thought this is the greatest walk up song of all time. And I literally said to her, I'd be like, there will be you know single digit people that truly appreciate it. But for those single digit people, <laughs> it's gonna be so special because everyone that like hears it seems to agree this is the best like walk up song. It's you awesome. Know, it, it just fires you up despite it being a no name song. Uh, and then the fact, yeah, you guys had it. Shout out to like my friend Nate Weber, who's a friend of the pod. Shout out to my other buddy Tommy and my brothers. Those are probably the only people in the entire wedding that uh, that knew it was that knew the connection of it. But th- for those people, at least I know it, it, it made glorious. it worth it to me. Yeah, I was so stoked when I heard it on. Did, did Megan give any pushback on the on the suggestion? No, because when I played it for her, she was like, "Okay, kind of a bop, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, I, I see myself coming out to this. Trent, I similarly had little to no influence on my own wedding. The only thing I wanted influence on was was the reception walkout. So we we both got our one our one thing there. Great walkout. I mean, we got to say it now. 2000, right. 2001, 2002, I guess the Super Bowl has been held in 2002, right? Or is it 2000 or 2001? 2000 season, 2001 Super Bowl. No, 2001 season, 2002, 2002 Super Bowl. Now I'm confused. I don't know. Yes, but yes, I think you're right on that. Patriots first, Tom Brady's first ever Super Bowl. It was like, you know, you do the whole thing where the stars get introduced one by one. The Patriots said, screw that. We want to be introduced as a team. And so the announcer said, choosing to be introduced as a team, the New England Patriots. And then the, the Michael's bridal party was choosing to be introduced as a team. That's right. The wedding party or whatever. So top, great, top, great walkout. Top two walkouts in, in the history of weddings, Trent, I think. <laughs> we do it. We did the top two. I love yeah, it. We made the I top two. It. But awesome wedding. 
We had a blast. It was uh it was one of the better weddings I've been to in a while. It was fucking freezing at the top of that mountain though, trying to break gold. <laughs> so so people ask us like how the wedding go. It's always like, I mean, it went great. But <laughs> we did and just a little backstory for the people. Wedding is supposed to start at three o'clock or so. You could blame me, you could blame the photographer, you could blame uh you know some other people potentially but we didn't actually start the wedding till probably you know 3 30 or so and so you know steve can attest to sitting there because i i watched the video someone was zooming it to show some people that couldn't make it some grandparents that weren't able to make the trip up and i watched the recorded video and unfortunately people are in their seats about five ten minutes before three o'clock and they're just still sitting there and now it's like 3 30 because of some mix-ups and us showing up late and yeah, I mean, I mean, Steve, you would know best. <laughs> you were up there the longest. Like, it was unfortunately cold. So I am sorry for all the people who are listening to this who were there and were freezing their ass off. Uh, hopefully, the rest of the night made up for it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Beautiful setting, very cool, doing a ceremony at the top of the mountain. But I was talking to somebody at the mountain, and it was like, and they and they told me they said snowmaking for the season literally started the next day. The day after this wedding, it was cold enough to start making snow at the top of the mountain. So that's just kind of everybody was walking up there in their heels and the girls were all in their dresses. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was like, I had to give like, I mean, I hung on to my coat long enough to be like, OK, as long as I still give it up, I'm, I seem like a gentleman. But I got to hold on to it just long enough so I don't freeze up here. And <laughs> like halfway through the wedding, I was like, hey, take my coat, take my coat. <laughs> We we also uh, Megan's family had bought like a bunch of like cheap blankets from Walmart, but only half of them made it to the top. The other ones were in my <laughs> hotel room that just like didn't make it up out of uh, some more miscommunication. So again, I'm not gonna take all the blame for it. Maybe I'll take a little bit, but uh, we we did not keep the people warm. That was our big mistake. <laughs> we did not keep the people warm. I don't even think it was that big of a deal, honestly. I mean, I was a half hour late too. I guess. But it didn't seem like that big. I don't you say it's like the but I don't even think it's a but. Uh, I will say, though, like right after the ceremony, when we're we all piled into the little like hut up there and then having to watch you guys like go out on the deck and, and take pictures was pretty funny because everyone was just like, no, you know, you're not supposed to be wearing your coats and stuff like that. All the girls were in the little dresses like literally hanging over like the mountain on this like balcony. The wind's just like ripping through there. And we're just like, oh boy, I'm glad enough to be out there taking pictures right now. Yeah. I, I had the adrenaline pumping obviously. So I yeah. was like oblivious <laughs> to the cold. And then I would like shake people's hands and their hands would be just like ice cubes and be like, Oh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cold up here. So but, uh, but you made up for it at the reception. It was a good time. We had a blast. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was a great venue. <laughs> Do you have any quick highlights, Trent? Any 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 big moments? Any quick highlights? No, no, I don't think there's anything uh, uh, too noteworthy that needs to be brought up. Just just after we had warmed people up, the only problem was it was too short. It was one of those things where it was just like I could be on this dance floor all night. I was having, you know, I had that, like I, I had a few drinks that day, you know, but I really was totally, I would tell myself sober or like, on the edge of sober so i really wasn't over the top but you had that just like adrenaline drunk like i was on top of the world i could have i could have hit that dance floor for like four more hours so the only regret was how short it was had the time of my life just so glad uh 
had all, had all the homies and the homegirls there and had the people there and just it was everyone that we loved in one place having the best time so um it was it was wonderful a couple of very well done choreography dances to uh taylor swift yeah 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 megan uh megan and my mom both separately approached me for their dances and were like i i want to do a choreographed dance here and it was like now i gotta remember two separate dances, <laughs> two different songs i was like mom you know i was on the camp of like just something real simple you know moves nice and slow and she was like no fast upbeat moves <laughs> i was like this is you this is your time you can decide and then megan had the same idea born to run right you and your mom we did, we did born to run she is my mom's an original Jersey girl, like Bruce Springsteen fan. She grew up in Jersey. She was following Bruce up and down the Jersey shore when he was making his bones. So she she's always thought of him as like the person that represents her life best and wanted to do that song. And then Megan, of course, wanted to do the choreographed song as well. So I felt like I was just like a kid in, in dance class, you know, before the wedding, trying to learn these two moves, like thinking to myself, I better not screw this up. But I think we pulled it off. OK. You did. You did. Thank you. Thank you. Any uh any 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 fun stories from the from the honeymoon? Honeymoon was fantastic. We went out to Greece. We did some hiking, a little uh took a bus out of Athens into the mountains and did some village to village hikes. Um always love getting away from the big cities when we do some traveling, especially to Europe. It's always fun. So uh had some interesting weather, got poured on and drenched as we're like doing our like honeymoon hiking, but these little guest houses has a nice little fireplaces, so we were able to warm up, get cozy. Then spent a couple of days in the, the bougie Athens area resort, just hanging on the beach and stuff like that. So uh, nothing too funny, but uh, just had a, had a wonderful time. Nice to get away after it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that about sums it up. It was a great time. Greece is at the top of my list. I wanna I I, I want to get to Greece soon. My my travel, if I'm going to be like the guy who's talking about, you know, advice for my travels, it's like, just go anywhere first off. All these countries are amazing and they're different. And then also, I just, I love get away from like the city, right? Like Megan and I did a little trip with some friends to like Paris and Amsterdam. And Amsterdam is a wild place, obviously. But if you just like leave Amsterdam half an hour outside the city, you get these like tiny little Dutch villages. And it's it's pretty incredible it's like getting out of boston and going to like the well, cape or scenic something right? massachusetts. Away these other little towns. Or, or scenic Lowell, massachusetts exactly if you're in boston you gotta spend a week at least two days in Lowell. but well, I, uh, I love i love places where you can travel and the the bang for your buck is like incredible right you go to some of these places that aren't like super run down or impoverished but there's places where you can go in Europe, like I'm sure like Greece was like Greece is supposed to be super cheap right now where you can just, you know, live like a king on, you know, what a fraction of what it would cost in the United States. Yeah, I guess now you're, you're triggering some good stuff. Like we would go to these restaurants. So we would finish our day's hike. And we'd be in these little villages, with, like three or four restaurants in the whole village and be like, let's go to all of them. Right. Let's get an appetizer here. Let's go here for uh, a dinner. Let's get dessert here and let's get a little nightcap there. And then we call it night. But you go in and some of these restaurants on the menu, they would just have like red or white wine and they didn't have a size. And they just had like the price would be like 250 euros. And then you're like, I guess I'll do red. And then they come out with like this little pitcher and the two glasses. And you're like, this is probably enough, but we'll do at least one more. And then all of a sudden you just spent five dollars on five euros in wine. And you had of whatever size it was, and it was fantastic. Yeah. And the other beauty about getting out of the city, 
is you actually go to restaurants where people don't speak English. And so you're there and there's this great bar. I mean, it was it was the localest local dive bar of whatever town we were in Greece of all time. You go in and everyone kind of stares at you as you're walking in. And then the guy comes up to us to try and get an order. And and most places again, and I picked up zero Greek. I am I am the worst with picking up foreign languages. Like I got nothing, you know, even after being there for eight days, like literally nothing. Uh, the guy comes up and I try to like order a whiskey. Uh, this was our nightcap place. And he's just, he's looking at me just, you know, confused. And then eventually just, he waves me over and me and him go behind the bar and he just says, looking at me and I just like pick out the bottle of whiskey that I want. And then he like, you know, signals like ice or no ice basically. And then, you know, he pours me my whiskey and then I'm on my way. So uh, <laughs> uh, finding little dive bars like that in rural Greece was incredible. That is cool. That's awesome. Well, well, sounds like a blast. Um, you're significantly uh, slower now that you're married. That's a fact. It yeah. just, you know, it's it's a slow decline. Um, and eventually you just have to like dedicate your entire life to feeling good and uh, and like injury prevention to like survive a run because that's where I'm at right now. I was going to say, what else? What other marriage advice do you guys have for me? You guys are clearly super super experienced you guys have a lifetime of knowledge on me on this i'm still in a little honeymoon phase but i know things are going to really change in the next week or so 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 hit me so i gotta i gotta be ready to prepare for all my you know four mile runs that i do although mike doesn't go for runs i'm not sure he'll have the same advice yeah yeah i mean yeah i'd like i'd like to blame my wife for for my slow legs as well i would, I would agree with steve for sure it's it's her fault I got no marriage advice. I'm still trying to figure it out on my end, Trent. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. All right. I'll check back with you guys in a few weeks. We'll see what you learn. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. I'll, I'll put some thought into that. I mean, honestly, though, like once Kim, kids come around, it's like, oh, shit, I'm married, too. I got to I got to I got to be a good husband, too. Is your, your life just gets so focused on your kids. But, oh, man. Yeah. Not, not to go on a rabbit hole, but it's like. The best part about getting married when you don't have kids is like nothing changed. We're just like don't have to Whoa. plan a wedding now. We just start like having fun and being around the corner. So if you want some like I was trying to come up with something funny and fun. But honestly, I will say the best thing that we did, like some serious life advice. The best thing that we did after we got married was we just like, you know, I mean, I know like some people like and it's what they want. They have kids quicker. Like we were just married for like three to four years before we even started thinking about it. it was the best thing we ever did because we were just able to enjoy being married, you know. So, you know, not not I was trying to come up with something witty, but that if I were to give any advice and everybody's life's different. Right. And everybody wants different things. But that was something really cool. Like for, for Aaron and I, like we just figured out how to be married, you know. I feel like in a, like our parents' generation and their parents' generation, right? Like you you get married and you haven't even like spent an, a, a single night in the same room as as your your husband or wife, right? So it's like the second you get married, you're learning all these things about each other and you're learning how to live together. It's like you've been living with Megan for like six years. You guys have moved all over the country together. It's like you literally wake up the next day and it's like, all right, well, I guess uh, it's pretty much exactly the same as it was yesterday, huh? <laughs> like, it's just, it's completely the same. I uh, 
I like to think my parents did spend their first night together after the yeah yeah me, me. <laughs> I don't know if that's true <laughs> but uh that's that's a nice thought yeah I mean tune in to peak too early talk about Maurice Claret and then do some serious <laughs> no, no, I got I, I do got I do got one more serious marriage advice here we go and uh because you guys like to travel right something Aaron and I did early on which was probably one of the better things we ever did is we literally have a separate bank account for vacations because we wanted to make traveling a priority because like once you get married and like you know kids eventually whatever or life just gets crazy you know you got a house and you're investing in that it's so easy to like not save money or just have that money get like reallocated for something else if you prioritize if you value travel in your life and you and you value vacations create a separate bank account and contribute to it. Even if it's a little bit, just contribute to it like every paycheck or every time you get paid. You know what I mean? And that is like money that is protecting something that you believe in and something that you like to do. Steve, Trent will just deliver pizzas for six months. Well, and that's I a say little, that that's because I know Trent's travel habits where it's like, oh, I'll quit my job and, and go travel and I'll come home and work for six months and dedicate it all to travel. Yeah, I don't know if Megan's gonna agree with that plan anymore. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'm saying. You got to, you got to, you got to do these little things yeah. to like prioritize it. Let Let me ask you just to do the full catch up. Now we've covered me, Steve. Are do you still do that with the the two young ones running around? Are you guys doing yeah. traveling with the two kids yet? Yeah, we went to uh, Puerto Rico this summer. Oh, um, and so we're gonna do. We actually, and you got to plan it. Like, so we. We actually just like talk through like what we want to do for travel and vacations this coming summer. And uh, you got to plan it out. You got to be a little bit more like on top of shit just because like you got to take time off of work. You got to figure out like to do with the kids. But we want we want in the, the travel this past summer was a little bit. It was like designed to be a little bit more, a uh, little less like lower impact and get them used to flying. But we want to get the kids used to flying and traveling um yeah that's what we, we want to be able to like take them internationally like every, at least once a year like that's our goal love it love it oh. yeah does mike even left the country is that is that i feel like he's in the antarctica yeah i just feel like at this point mike's just full-time dad just happy to stay in his little mike will be the guy who hasn't left his county in like four years i feel like but yeah sure it works for me well, and, and that being said, I also live in the same town that I was born in. So yeah, well, that's, that's I, I, I live, point. I live, uh, my house is down the street from where I grew up. So it's not like I'm just like super worldly person, you know, so I, I talk like, you know, my family's six generations deep in this town, which they are. So that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. If anybody's not leaving their county, it's, it's the other guy on the podcast. <laughs> Anyways, what else? What else? What anything before we get into running news? Is there anything else we need to talk about or we need to cover? There's, I, you know, I, I I feel like there's a million things we could talk about, but am I missing anything big here? We we definitely covered my big life updates, so that that covers yeah. the corner of the pod. Twelve, oh, 12. I got something I need to talk about, and I, I actually put it out. And speaking of being a parent, I put it out on on Instagram the other day. I realized that. I'm not sure I know how to parent anymore because I've been threatening that Santa Claus isn't going to come since mid-October, right? And that's been like my go-to parenting strategy. It's like, hey, you do that. I don't know if Santa Claus is going to come. And I've been saying it for 
over two two months now, Santa Claus has come, and I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I don't know how to like get my kids to do what I need them to do, and I'm really struggling with it. When is it? When is it too too early to start talking about next year's Santa? Though? I think. Well, you might have to resort to that. I might have to or start like, recognizing Santa a year early. Do you think? Do you think the Easter Bunny has any clout in the kid uh, game these days? I don't know. So like, I said that on the, the Instagram. Tooth fairy, does the Tooth Fairy have any clout? I think that I think the Easter Bunny's a joke. Like if I threaten no Easter Bunny, I think my oldest would be like, "Take your chocolate eggs and shove it up your ass." Yeah, yeah. See, see you in December, buddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think they give a shit about the Easter Bunny. So, anyways, that's what just is- I'm not I'm not I'm not expecting you guys to have answers for me. That's just a dilemma I'm facing in my Steve. life right now. That now that Christmas is come and gone. What about what about you start doing a a uh, j- just Christmas in July. Santa's 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 coming biannually now, and that gives that gives you at any point in the year you're six months away. You're you're in the zone. I think you're in the Santa zone no, at all times of the year. I just finished saying I got a separate bank account for a ho- for yeah, well. Now I got to start affording two Christmases. Well, you listen, I'm be. I'm trying to offer solutions here. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Yeah. I- I might get some backlash for this tick, but and you might have missed your opportunity this year. But next year, just straight up coal. Like, yeah, they did that thing. And then you can be like that thing you did in January last year when you didn't listen in January and you had a temper tantrum on January 3rd. That's why this coal is here. And you can even have a note from Santa being like, I know you're really good all of December and all of November, but. February and January, you acted out a little bit, and I don't know. Our kids' brains big enough to comprehend that and think about that the whole year in advance. I, it's just I don't crazy. have any. I don't have any real life experience with it, but you know, you know that there is a dad out there who's pulled the move, who's just done it, who said, "Screw it, I'm I'm going straight coal, and I I don't care." And I would like to meet that dad. I'd like to have him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, and just just set the standard. Just set the set. You know, put it out there like, hey, this can and will happen. So you so you better take what I say seriously. And and do you give them gifts like as your the parents in addition to Santa gifts or is it just oh, all yeah. Santa? And that's the other thing we decided that Santa gets too much credit. So they get three gifts from Santa. The rest are from us. So so you could even like, like you don't be a bad parent. You can still give them Christmas gifts from you. But the idea of like. Oh my God! Santa actually gave me coal because he was watching, and I acted out nine and a half months ago. Maybe it's like brushing a batter off the plate, right? Being yeah. like, "Hey, like this could I I could whip this fastball at your temple right now, but I'm sending a message." And then you still get to look like the good guy a little exactly. bit, right? Because you're giving presents, and you have to you have to pull the kids aside and be like, "Hey, listen." I get where Santa's coming from and it is what it is. Like we're just gonna have to regroup for next year, but like, but for what it's worth, like I, you know, I, I, I still thought you met the threshold and uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do this for you, but like Santa clearly has a, you know, has a, a, a you know, bigger expectation. So we got to figure out a way to meet that. I love, well, it. I love that's the plan. That's the plan. All right. They're getting cold next year, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, Jesus. 
Um, all right. Well, hey, we got to talk a little bit of running news. I got a couple stories. So we've had enough time between this podcast and the last podcast. Sorry, everybody, for for that, for, for you know, shit was going on. We had a lot going on. We couldn't make it happen. And I'm going to stop, stop, like, throwing out proclamations about, like, this is going to be the cadence of the podcast. We'll do it when we can. Yep. That's what we're at. That's where we're at. But um, we've been able to collect a few stories that are very specific to peak too early, and I want to go through them. Um, so the first is our boy, friend of the program, our most recent guest on the podcast, Josh Kerr, ran his San Diego holiday half marathon, the same half marathon that he ran last year. So last year, I think we talked about it. Josh Kerr, like, and he he talked about it on the podcast. Like, it's a way to kind of like set, you know, you know, set the standard for his year, kind of give him a base of like where he's at, let him know like where he's at in his training. And just before he like dives into like 1500 meter specific training. And so last year at this half marathon, he ran 63 minutes and 44 seconds. And we were blown away by it. And I remember talking about it on the podcast being like, holy shit, Josh Kerr just ran a 63. He ran the same half marathon this year. He ran 61.50. This is your 1,500-meter champion running 61 mi- minutes in the half marathon. So he ran 63 last year, goes on to become the world champion 1,500 meters. That's how fit this guy is right now. Guy just ran 61 minutes in the half marathon. Holy shit. Is that moving? it's just like one of those things. It's like, I mean, at, at this point, he's just a racer, right? Anytime he steps on the line, you expect big things. But at what point do you think about like, I, I don't know. When does he start moving? Right. Cause everyone moves up eventually. And I'm not saying that Josh Kerr should Let's be not moving even go up. There. No, 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 no. I'm not, right I'm I don't not saying go that. There. I'm not saying that, but, but my point is, is when you, are a miler nobody expects you later in your career to like be able to compete on on a on a, a world-class level could, could a day come right when when he finally decides to move on and i'm not saying he's gonna be a marathon you know world champion win boston marathon stuff like that but like what is what does this look like later in his career what it what is i don't know it it opens the door. It's like this guy is a beast out no matter what he does. Mike, right. You're you're talking about like you're you're talking about like Tom Brady in the prime of his career being like, oh, one day he could be a coach. Let's talk about what Josh Kirk could do right now. Okay. This is yeah. just a sign. It, but it's fun to have that conversation, right? It's fun on the, the Monday it. morning. This is the best the... fifteen hundred meter runner in the world right now, just being like, This is this is my base fitness. Watch out world. And we were talking about it last time a couple of years ago when we had Danny Mackey on the podcast and Josh had just finished third at world at the Olympics. And we were talking like we look at some of these people like the Ingerbritzes of the world. We look at them superheroes and like we look at them like these these untouchable figures that are just so far ahead of everybody else in the sport. And um, Josh, obviously, this past year, prove that he not only belongs in that conversation that he is the best in the world and i think josh is officially moving into this like as long as he stays healthy and he can keep this up 
he is going to continue to move into this like untouchable category of like the fiercest competitive out competitor out there that is just incredibly fit. Like every single day since a since a flip switch, uh, since a since a switch flipped, and he's like, I can compete on the at the highest level. Josh has just gotten better and more competitive every single day and the fact that he's at a 61 minutes and a half marathon just shows like he is out for blood this year he he wants nothing less than gold but before i get my take on this i just want to sidetrack for one second and fangirl out because i wasn't there for it when josh kerr came on this podcast after winning the world championship and he came on he was like you know, I wanted to just be with the boys who were who were thinking about me, who were on my side in my corner before it. So just just shout out to you guys for getting that that interview done. It was an incredible interview. He was super insightful during it. And the fact that he wanted to come on the pod uh, was awesome. I was fangirling out listening to that podcast episode. But to this point, Steve, I, I totally agree with you. And and to me, it's like he's in this good of shape already like like what kind of training has this guy been doing he was supposed to be celebrating and getting fat after winning world championship like he was a world championship he has whipped himself up into the best shape of his not not mile time but best shape like going into when it's time for him to figure out how to run fast miles and get there he is starting from a starting point that's better than he's ever been before. To me, this is just insightful into the superhero that he is, that he can run this fast based on his miler base training, his 1,500 base miler. This is us coming out of summer training, going into cross-country season, and somehow you're pulling this out of your ass. You're not training for races. You're not You're not ready to run anything like that, and this is what he has in him. So, so that superhero skill that he has, and then – what he could do off that like this training that he has that is built on is scary for what he's going to be able to do coming off that like there is no reason to think he can't replicate and do better than what he has done in the last 12 months with and it, go ahead mike if you were going to set the lines if you're an odds maker and you're setting the lines right now who is the favorite in the 1500 Right now, the right early now. season, early like, yeah, the future yeah. lines. Yeah, we're putting out the Olympic, the Olympic lines today, releasing the lines. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in the mind of a Vegas odds maker. I think it's still, I think it's still like, I think the Vegas is still giving Ingerbritz in the slight edge. I think so too. I think you're right. What what would they be before this half marathon though? Does it change it? Because oh, I, I don't, it I don't, probably doesn't change it. I don't think I don't think the half marathon impacts like the odds or the standing. I think it only it only it's for like nerds like us to be like, oh my god, what's what's happening right now, right? This is like this is like the deep research, you know, that you can that you get to see being like he's two minutes faster than last year. The guy's running six women. This this doesn't impact. I think this his 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 world ranking or his, his, you know, Vegas odds. Yeah. Maybe that's the case. I just look at it as probably his win over Ingrid Britson was looked at more as of a Kerr had the best day and Ingrid Britson didn't have the best day that day. Like not that he was a better runner than Ingrid Britson, but when you start throwing out times like this, even though it's a completely different event, it kind of goes into that just total in awe status. Like you are, you are not one of another in the field, you know, racing, competing to chase after Ingrid Britson. You are, 
you are just an incredibly special, you know, athlete that's doing stuff unheard of. Um, but hey, I, I'm not the expert anymore. I haven't been following this stuff as closely. So let, let me let me put it opinion on this. Let let me put it into into peak too early language right here. It is the mid two thousands, and Ingebrigtsen is Peyton Manning, and Josh Kerr is Tom Brady. One has all the pedigree and the uh, the the visible talent, the metrics to be like, this guy is the best quarterback on the planet. And then the other guy is just like, well, this guy just wins. Right. So who's better. Right. And, and you go, you go into the season and you give Peyton Manning, you know, better odds to win the MVP or better odds to win the Super Bowl When you know that one guy is just a better competitor. Is that, is that a fair comparison? Yes. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. If we're talking early two thousands, for sure. But it's I mean, like it wasn't until it wasn't until after Peyton Manning retired where people started were admitted Tom Brady was better than Peyton Manning. That's true. But it's like Tom Brady showed up to preseason and he gets on the line and for some reason he runs a forty yard dash and he runs like a four six and you're like oh Tom Brady's fast now too. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna compare. I'm gonna compare this. I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this half marathon to a. Um, a, a joint practice where Tom Brady just balled out, right? It's like, it's not even a preseason game. It's a joint practice. He's, he's, he's playing against actual NFL talent, but it's behind the stadium, you know, at, it's behind the stadium at, at Foxborough. And you might get a couple, you know, um, you know, Mike and, and Trent, uh, you know, Mike Trent Fontanella and, and, you know, Nate's out there, you know, taking their notes on like who the better players are, but you know, it's nothing to be considered in the odds. So if Jakob is Peyton and Josh is Brady, who is Eli Manning? That's a great question. I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, Nagoose. I was kind of thinking, yeah, Red, yeah. That's so offensive. They're both like goofy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's so offensive to Yared. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll see if he loses. We'll see if he loses. I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> so, hey. I, I don't have a better answer right now. So we've been talking about Josh Kirk quite a bit in this 6140 that he ran at the half marathon, but there's a more important time that came out of this race from the second place finisher. The second place finisher ran 6205. Any idea who this might be? Do you know who it is? Definitely don't know who it is. Arguably a more important time um for the podcast in a maybe even a more encouraging time than Josh Kerr's 61 minutes. Our boy Henry Wynn ran a 6205 oh. in this half. Oh. So Henry Wynn. Yeah. And I'll say are, it again. Should Henry Wynn step up? Yeah, in mileage. Yeah. But we are seeing uh, I feel like and we've talked about it on the podcast. We talked about it in the USA championships where there was a chance there where like Henry Wynn almost faded into 
obscurity in this sport. But he's had a resurgence, and he he became again one of the best fifteen hundred meter milers in the country over this past year. Don't write this guy off. He's training with the best fifteen hundred meter runner in the country. He's incredibly fit. He's coming off of a great two thousand twenty three. Henry Wynn, Henry Wynn could be a, t- a contender to go to the Olympics for the United States. And that's not crazy to say. So as excited as I am for this Josh Kerr time, to see how fit Henry is, I'm just as excited about that. I don't, I don't disagree with anything you just said. I just need to see it on race day to believe it. It's one He's thing- had some good races the past year. I know. He had an incredible indoor season last year. I mean, what did he finish? He finished fifth for the U.S. at the U.S. Championships this past this past year. I think he finished fifth. Like, don't write Henry Henry went off. Like, I think that this guy he he's he's have he's he's having a, a second half of his career right now, and I'm excited for him. Before the indoor season, though, he was like slowly putting himself into the same category. For me, as like a Johnny Gregoric, right? It was like, but he's bounced out. They, they, they're gone yeah, two completely different directions. Like that's my point. Yeah, but he, he's been running much better, racing much better, but still, like that's like in the back of my head. There, it's like I need to see him. Like, I need to see him win something. I need to see him take a dub. So, I'm not, I'm not all the way there yet. I'm not all the way there yet. But I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said. Even running their perspective, it's just interesting that these Brooks boys are in this good a half marathon shape. Whatever training schedule Mackie's got them on is a a little uh little unique. I would assume that they are are running this fast in half marathons before they start gearing down. Uh, I mean, it's crazy. Two thousand twenty four is it's, you know it's in four days from now or five days from now. So we're not that far from when it's let's start stepping it down and getting ourselves like. In uh, uh, start the peak mode, and that these guys are running that fast. That's a, it's kind of an interesting place for those athletes to be in right now. I've I've heard uh, with strength comes speed, Trent. I've never heard that before. You you've never heard that before. Never heard that before. You're a liar. <laughs> that's that's the running mantra I've heard. More than, that in the. <laughs> The hay is in the barn. The two. The hay is in the barn. The strength comes speed. Else in my entire running life. <laughs> as fast, smooth as fast. Yeah, girls make their legs run slow. That one, that was true. That's a fact. <laughs> that's the <laughs> only. That's the only true one. Uh, all right. So hey, we we uh we're, we we got to backtrack even further now for this next story, which is very peak too early, and we need to discuss it. And if you haven't seen this video, pause this podcast. Google, just Google uh, uh, men's 5K road championship bus. And so in New York, uh, the day before the New York City Marathon, they held the U.S. championships uh, for the for the 5K, road 5K. And halfway through the race, there's a New York City bus that's, that's just plowing through traffic. And I'm not kidding you, this bus almost takes out the entire elite field 
in the in the men's 5k it's crazy like this bus is doing what a new york city bus does and it's like cars are stopping it's like why are cars stop it's honking it's weaving through cars and then it slams on the gas right as the elite field comes rolling down the street slams on the brakes almost takes out our boy winnie kincaid and the entire rest of the elite field just like it, it, it's just the most new york video of all time but as the new york roadrunners organizing this race the organization that is in charge of the New York City Marathon, how do you let this happen? How do you let your entire elite men's elite field almost get killed by a New York City bus? So I'm glad you you framed it the way you did, Steve, because I was a little afraid you were going to put some heat on the, the bus driver. And this bus no, driver... No, the bus driver is doing what they're doing. This bus driver deserves no heat at all. This is New York City. This guy goes and grinds every single day. To me, I want to take a moment to highlight a New York City bus driver <laughs> and how ridiculously hard that job is and how you have to be a special kind of person to do it. That guy probably walks in every morning at whatever, 4.30 in the morning, grabs his extra light midnight roast Dunkin' coffee, and he goes and he grinds, and he, he does the same route every single day, and he's just doing his job, Okay. <laughs> he can't be prepared for what's about to come. He can't be prepared. And honestly, I'm surprised he didn't like find a little gap in the runners and like squeeze through. And, and, and that would have been the most impressive. So again, if anybody's given the bus driver heat, I will not stand for that. Um, I will say I'm impressed by like the, the, the runners don't seem as phased as I thought. They would have. There's a moment of kind of like scramble and chaos, and it's just like boom, right back to it. And they pack right back up, and they get this nice little cute little pack going. It's just like all right, back to business. I, I was kind of expecting more of like, you know, just sprayed out like insane chaos, but they they're able to pull it back together better than I thought they would. So I was I, I was happy to see that. Mike, I love that take, and I agree with you completely. Like this guy's just trying to do his job. Yeah, this guy's got to weave through with a giant bus. He's got to weave through Manhattan traffic every single day, and he's got to be on time to his stops. He's got a job to do. So I completely agree. This is not his fault. He's just fighting. He's just fighting to get to that next stop on time. To, like maybe like one of like the top five. I, I think I've only tried to like drive in Manhattan like two days of my entire life, and those might be two of like the top five like most frustrating and stressful experiences of, of my entire 30 year life. So uh, yeah, all the respect in the world. And, and you also said like the, the, the runners weren't phased by this. And I'll tell you this, I have done quite a bit of road racing in my life. I've, I've run a lot of road races and I am never more invincible than when a car gets in my way and I'm a road ra in a road race. I don't know what it is. I think that, Cars can't hurt me. I think that people can't get out of the car and fight me. But if a car ever gets in my way in the middle of a road race, I lose my shit. I yell at them. I've punched. I've punched hoods before. I've. I've. You know. I. I've. I've screamed at people. I've. I've said. You know. Like I'm running here. Like I. I've done. I am invincible in a road race, and it's just the adrenaline pumping. It's how tired. I don't know what it is, but if I'm in the middle of a road race. I just think cars can't hurt me and people in the cars can't hurt me. It's not even necessarily the road race. It's, it's as soon as I put on the running shoes, have my running shorts on and I'm running. I was just in Boston today, actually. And 
I get to the crosswalk at an intersection, and I, I don't, I'm not leaving the sidewalk until the little white guy is on there flashing like I'm ready to walk. I'm not going to walk when there's a blinking red hand. When I'm running, I'm like, like you said, Steve, I have this invincibility to me that I can avoid anything. Like, I'm not worried in the least about getting hit by a car. So uh, I think it is interesting that all those guys weren't phased. And I, and I feel like there's that mindset. When you are running, it's like, this street is mine now. Like, I got this. I'm in total control. Uh, so I'm totally in on that take. I'm totally in on the bus driver. is not at fault. Take. Think about for all these guys, I almost just got hit by a bus. There are as many people on that bus that are needing that bus driver to weave through traffic. Like this guy is a man of the people and he's serving the people on that bus. My, my takeaway is, is what, why are all those motorcycles so close to the pack? Like they're, they're basically setting the pace for these guys. Give them a little room, get out in front. And part of the reason why you get out in front is so that, the cars coming on the cross intersection see some movement and maybe we didn't want the full picture in this video there could have been cars ahead of that but it's like it's like what are you doing six feet in front of these guys right like what if somebody wants to make the surge you're now in their way it, i kind of feel like these guys on the bikes needed a little more separation so uh, i'm blaming them not the bus driver and i'm also just not even surprised these these runners were uh were not phased by it because because you're running it's your street Trent taking his shots at NYPD. That's it's, it's interesting. Look, interesting. Look, listen, listen. I I don't want to take shots at NYPD, but somebody's got to do it right now. And, and I just I won't go any further because there's a lot of things that could get me into trouble. I just want a 20 minute rant talking about how the bus drivers have the hardest job in the world. Trent's like NYPD. Those guys are bums. <laughs> they uh, can't do nothing right. How many road races are going through that yeah. city every year? They got a whole, they probably have a dozen like top of the, you know, elite, elite races, professional races. They need to figure out how to get a little bit further ahead of uh, these runners out there. The truth. Uh, s s tangent here or, or side, uh, you know, I guess going off on a tangent here. Have you ever been miserable in the middle of a long run and been like, I wish a car would just hit me right now? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a few times. <laughs> a few times. Do you, do you want the car to hit you so you have an excuse not to run anymore? Is yeah. yeah. I, I, wish, I wish a city bus would just <laughs> plow through the sidewalk right now and just end this run for me. Have you ever been with have you ever gotten hit or have you ever been with someone who got hit? I have. Yeah, me too. That classic, I don't know if it's the same for you, Steve, but I'm betting it was when you're running and the car is pulling out. And they're taking uh, a right, and they're not looking to their yeah. left because who looks? Who needs to look to their left? You know, when you're taking a, did I do that right? Oh, they're yeah. they're yeah, they're not looking the way you're coming because they're not expecting anybody coming that way. Yeah, I'll look at them. Yeah, but or they're not. Or they're. How's it work? Now? <laughs> they're not looking right. They're not looking right. Exactly. They're, they're taking right. a right, so they're only looking left. That's yeah. what it is. And they're taking a right. Uh yeah, I, I don't I don't hope that happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, I, I I think I think you know I I'm I'm invincible on a road race, but you see one person get hit by a car on a run, and you're like, oh geez, I'm I gotta reevaluate my my like you know just normal runs and and what cars can do to me. But um, all right. So hey, uh, an, another uh, so. Uh, one last topic here that we need to discuss, which has been a topic on the podcast before and on our last podcast where it was a recap of the uh, the Bay State Marathon I ran, 
I can't believe I didn't mention it, but Zidane Ochara was in the race with me. I talked to him before I didn't talk to him. I, I, I said something to him before the race and uh, the dude ran. So we were praising him for running. I think it was three thirty five at Boston. The guy ran three seventeen at Bay state marathon. Not only that, Zidane Ochara has run five marathons since September. This guy has the running bug like nobody I've ever seen. So the, you know, the fact that the guy is, uh, he's six, seven, you know, he's 240 pounds and he's running, you know, close to 315 is one thing. But then the fact that he just can't stop running marathons, the guy is addicted to running. This is crazy. Like Zidane Ochara is, is a freak. And what he's doing is extremely impressive. I mean, that's like, well, first of all, I think we need to get Chara on the podcast. He'd be a perfect guest. And he now he's be. now he's in our studio. He's got the real running bug. You know, hey, Zidano, come on the podcast. Um, five marathons in, what would you say it was? Like six months? In September. That's crazy. So the less than that. So, I mean, four months? I mean, that's like it. Less than that, no. So it was. I saw that at the beginning of December. So you ran, you ran five marathons in three months. That's crazy. I mean, that's it like is. if you run five marathons in a lifetime, that people are like, oh wow, that's like that's, that's that's a lot. Like, good for you. Five marathons in three months. That's like you're getting on that like uh, ultra marathoner type type grind. How long can this last? And also, how much longer until Zidano qualifies for Boston? Oh, I think he's really close. I think he's or, or let me rephrase. Sorry, his how age. Long- I think he's like I think he's like six minutes away. Five. Yeah, minutes- that's true. I forgot about the age. How much? How much longer until he breaks three in the marathon? I mean, it's possible. He's right it's there. Possible. I mean, if he keeps and if he does, that will be. I mean, that will be an incredible accomplishment if that's- that guy breaks three. I mean, it's definitely possible. Which if you if you told me that if you if you said that even after when he ran three thirty five or whatever I said that's an amazing accomplishment but he's not going to get much faster the guy's already cut twenty minutes off of that. I say this as a uh, bandwagon Bruins fan, not a true hockey guy over here, but I always complain like, do those guys really need to take a break every sixty seconds, two minutes <laughs> out there, like the shortest shifts of all time? Should Chara have been playing longer shifts? Like, should he have been? the revolutionary uh, hockey player who was out there playing like four or five minute defensive shifts. It sounds like he was capable of it. I don't know why he waited until now to show us uh, true endurance capabilities. Guy had like the longest career in, in like modern day NHL. <laughs> I, just, I just mean like, did you need to get off the ice every 60 seconds? Like, That's I don't fair. know. That's fair. Maybe, 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 <laughs> maybe play more than 40 seconds at a time. Exactly. You're an elite marathoner and you only play 40 seconds of hockey at a time. <laughs> Just a little sidetrack there. Oh man! And now we're going on hockey at hockey culture too, Trent. What what is like? Is there anybody you won't go at tonight? No, I'll go after everybody. And I'm feeling myself. <laughs> when, so when you're when you're finishing, so one of us, right? Let let's take us and let's a little Steve nowadays, Mike and I. Let's take us a few years ago. Like you're feeling good about yourself. You're a former collegiate athlete. You're running a good marathon. You are coming up to you know the 22 mile mark and you start taking you know you're taking stock of the people around you and you're like 
I should be that guy. I can kick that guy's ass. I can kick that guy's ass. And there's a few people who just based on their look, you know, their body type, their whatever, you're like, can't lose that guy. I can't lose that guy. When you're running around as a former, you know, I think all of us are, are probably between like 5'9 and 5'11. And when you're looking around and you're like, thank you, like, by the way. You're welcome. Sorry. And that was a total, that was way exaggeration. <laughs> but anyways, you're running around, you look around, you see like the six, seven guy, you're like a former hockey player. You're like, that guy's beating me right now. Like that guy doesn't have a marathon build. How the hell is that guy keeping up with me? Uh, that, that would be a, that would be a little shock. To, I've never seen that in my, all of the marathons I've done, you know, four or five of them. There's never been a guy that big uh, running, you know, near me. So to see Char would be, would be jarring uh, as you approach, you know, the 20 mile mark or something. Definitely, definitely not that big. There's always that one guy who passes you at mile like 23 and you're like, are you serious? Like, even if you're having a good day, even if you're having a good day, there's that one guy who passes you, it's just like, makes you reevaluate things a little bit. It's like, no, come, come on. Uh, not, not him. That, that's not. Yeah. And yeah, maybe Char would be that guy. And you're like, I've spent, you know, most of my life dedicated to the sport. And this guy spent all of his life dedicated to another sport. And now he's coming. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, like, that's that's immoral. That's the most depressing. That would be the most depressing part. If he came running by me and it's like, this guy's been on skate, was on skates for 45 years, never ran a step in his life. And now he's beating me right now. And that he's would- running times that are good enough to beat, you know, people like us in our early 30s here, whatever, like, who are former college athletes who are still running, but not like insanely hey, hard. Hey, I beat him running. in that marathon train. All right. But he was near you. And I'm saying we're talking 17 about minutes when- behind me. All right. Let's okay. give me a little credit here. We're talking about when Shara breaks three, he's, uh, he's five marathons into his marathon and career, like six months retired after like the longest hockey career of all time. He's going to get, he's going to get to that point based on everything that we know. Uh, with That's my sole motivation stuff. right now is just not get beat by Chad as a Dana. Oh man! Well, hey, that's a nice transition, I think, into our last topic of the podcast. Do we have any running resolutions? And if we don't, maybe we should make some. Uh, Steve, I have a feeling you have some running resolutions. So why don't well, you stop? I, mean, I got. I'm. I'm. I, I'm getting the sense that you got some running resolutions. Well, it's the end of the year, Mike, all right? I feel like we've done this every single year. Running resolutions. So here's the thing. Give some of us some some, You know what I realized today? Give us a little bit of time to think about it. You know what I realized today? You know what? And I'm willing to admit it. And I'm at a very different place than where I was at the beginning of this podcast. At the beginning of the podcast, I was retired from running. I was I had no interest in like training for for the sport anymore. I was a guy that used to do it, maybe laces them up every once in a while to run an 18 minute 5k or whatever. I was done with this sport. I'm kind of all back in. I'm kind of like a running nerd again. I'm kind of like, you know, I, I just it's it's what I do again. I'm I'm I have two marathons on the calendar for this year. It's I'm back. That trend? I'm sucked in. Did you hear that? Who marathons? That's crazy. So I, I, I will acknowledge I am at a very different point in my life right now than when this podcast started. And you know what? It's kind of like it's not for the right reasons. I don't know. I don't know if it's a it's for the right reasons because this sport is fucked up, right? And you got to think 
you know, there's part of me that, you know, in, enjoys being back in the culture of the sport, you know, training with my team, you know, making these bonds and, and you know, just kind of like, you know, being part of a community again. And that's like the healthy part of it. But the unhealthy part of it, which I which I'm fully aware of, it's like. I'm facing my own mortality here and there's like, you know, I'm. I'm trying, doing my damnedest not to admit that I'm old, right? And I can still do some of the things that I used to do. So that's the unhealthy part. I'm fully aware of it. But I don't know where I'm going with this. But I'm back in the sport of running. I'm running Boston Marathon. I'm running New York City Marathon. Um, so those aren't necessarily resolutions. I'm already signed up. It's happening. Um, but I will say, my focus for those marathons, I would like to be a little different than this past year. This past year, I felt like it was a little bit of like do or die. I, I had a time. I needed to hit it. I'm going to do the same level of training. I'm going to ramp my training up a little bit more, but I'm going to go into it a little bit more relaxed. I'm just going to go into it with uh, enjoying this massive event that I'm I'm part of. And, you know, the, the, the twisted thing about it is I'm probably going to run a better time than I did this past October just because I'm taking the pressure off myself a little bit. I'm going to be having a little bit more fun with it. So I'm doing that. Um, other than that, I want to get, I want to start winning five K's again. I want to win a local five K. That's my favorite part of the sport. It's by far the best part of the sport. Cause if you go out and run a 16, 25 K and you win a local five K, everybody thinks that you might as well be, you know, Josh Kerr, right? It's the greatest feeling in the world, winning a local five K. So I want to win a local five K. That's another, that's a running resolution for me. Okay. I like it. Steve, will you, just to put your two little points there together, the mortality thing and the winning the 5K, at what point do you accept winning your age group as winning the 5K? I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I know you know, but it's a good question, though. Like, what? what's when, the cutoff? What's the cutoff? I think it's when you can no longer break... 17 and a 5k i think you have to be okay with with winning with with treating an age group as a win because yeah. okay. that's the that's the beauty of running and why it is a lifelong sport is because you can eventually when you're ready I'm not saying you need to be there but when you're ready you can say i'm gonna win my age group this time and i don't have to worry about winning the whole thing you know and that's that can keep your competitiveness streak going or your sense of improvement like i won this you know, when I wasn't winning it before. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not there yet. I will be there eventually though. I, you know what I think it is? I think it's when you get to, if you accept the fact that, um, that you're competing in the master's category, if you're a master's and you're okay with the fact that I'm out here to compete in the master's category, then an age group wins an age group. This is, was a win. Which is what? Forties? Forty. Yeah, so, I was thinking 40 seems like, like which is four, three and a half years away. Yeah, 40 seems like the appropriate kind of like, you know. But but here's here's the cool thing about Masters, right? If I if I'm so I'm I, I'm like a year and a half into like seriously running again. Right. And if I'm able to stay healthy and I'm able to keep this up for the next three years, then it opens up a whole new world of running for me where I can start. I have the ability to qualify for big events. Like I could qualify for like the 5k 
you know, New Balance Grand Prix in the Masters category. Like, it opens up a whole new world of running. So I might even get more competitive when I turn 40. Who the hell knows? Okay. I like it. I think it's a great mindset to have. It'll keep it keep it competitive as uh, as you keep going. So but I'm back it. in. About it. Mike, Mike couldn't be further from the sport. I feel like <laughs> I feel like I'm like sure? I'm like I was 10 years ago now in, in terms of my mindset of sport. But at what at what age were you furthest away from the sport, would you say? 31. Okay. When the podcast started. Uh that short so like Probably from 31 to when this podcast started, I was pretty far away from the sport. Yeah. So I would say I am about, yeah, as far away from the sport as I ever have been. And maybe ever will be. It, 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 it Not making excuses because I know you have two children, but I think it was the right time for me to be far away from the sport, just like age-wise and timing-wise. And it, it, it coincided with this new stage of my life with kids and everything like that. So, you know, yes, I am very far away from the sport and COVID was a knockout blow. I couldn't oh, give a shit about the sport. Yeah. Running during COVID. So I will say, I don't know if you'll be satisfied with my, with my running resolutions, but I do have running resolutions. I didn't need this podcast to, d- despite the fact that I want to play it off. Like I needed you to, to 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 force me into running resolutions. I have running resolutions, but again, they might not they might not uh, satisfy you. But because they're not like um train for this race or or run this time or run this distance, but you 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 transitioned me well into like being far away from the sport. And I do feel far away from it, and I think that the part of it that I miss the that I am looking forward to getting back into, right, is I want to be able to be home for a weekend or something like that and have you or or Chris or so you know, one of my friends or something like that say, hey, let's go grab six miles and be able to do that, right, be able to jump into it. So for me, the running resolution is consistency. I'm looking forward to getting back consistent and to finding some level of consistency to a point where, you know, like when people talk about golf, it's like, you just want to be able to like play with anybody, right? Like I don't need to be a pro. I don't need to do this, but I want to be able to go out there and not slow anybody down. I want to be able to go out there and like enjoy myself and have everybody. I want to be able to get to myself to a point where I can show up wherever and I can lace up the shoes whenever and with whoever and feel comfortable going out and grabbing six, eight miles. And it's not a big deal. It's not going to set me back for a week after. It's not going to be like pulling teeth. It's like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm coming up. I'm bringing my shoes, and I can go out there and crank out those miles. And I think if I can get there, and think if I can create consistency, I can achieve my goal of being able to run whenever with whoever, when at, you know, at any time, then I think that's the first step in – getting me back to a place because I think once you get there and you create some level of consistency, you start craving to want more. Okay. What's the next step? What's in it? And then I want to train for this and I want to get, I think it's, it's the gateway drug of getting me closer to the sport again. So that is my goal. And I want it achievable because in the past I've been like, yeah, I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to do that. No, no, this year it's about consistency and I want to be able to just to, to lace up the shoes whenever I want. I'm gonna criticize your resolution for a minute. I figured here, so you might. Up. I figured you might. That's a non-goal. That's a non-goal. That's, 
it, it, it's no, a no, non goal. No. You 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 didn't put any you didn't put any like time frame or parameters on it and any like achievable metrics. It's just like I just want to be in shape again. When I the reason I signed up for these marathons because like I want to be back to a certain level that I'm not at, and the only way I'm going to get there is by building this base, and the only way I'm going to build this base is by putting a goal like a marathon. That's a non. That's a that's the that that goal is as soft as baby shit. Well, it, that is a non goal. It's not going to happen. You need to put more of more specific you, achievable goal out there. It's just not going to happen. I well listen. It's my goal, not your goal. And you're I, right. I, you're right. I, and I'm I'm still gonna criticize it. That I, just it's not gonna happen. It's just it, not gonna and happen. I, and, and I went into and I went into. You've Trent, been saying I, this shit for the past three years. It's just not gonna happen. Trent, Trent, did I did I go into my goal saying that Steve's not gonna like my goal? Uh, you did introduce it. I did say that. I did say that. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I was right. I was right. Yeah. Take it from somebody that's rebuilding themselves piece brick by brick here. Your goal is a non-goal. It's not gonna achieve anything. It's it's my goal. There's a there's smart goals, right? Isn't that what they call it? Smart goals. It's like specific, specific measurable, measurable, attainable, realistic, time oriented. You didn't you didn't yeah, hit a yeah. single you, you, you didn't hit a single five. you didn't hit a single letter in that acronym. Yeah. You didn't hit a single one. But but good luck. You thanks. I, <laughs> that's what th- you thank you for your thank you for your support, Trent. Hey, yeah. my support is telling you that your your goal is dumb. That's a dumb goal. That's my support. And it's it's tough. It's tough love, but I'm telling you, that's a dumb goal and it's not gonna achieve shit. Put something specific out there. Uh yeah, no, I I I, I don't want to. All right. Yeah. Uh trying to rack my brain from real. <laughs> <laughs> so this is sidetrack for another for another tangent here. So I got home about a week ago. And I, I'm in a point where running is is just like one of many things I do to exercise, try to exercise, you know, every day, get the body moving. Since I've come home, I don't have my gym to go to. I don't have like my yoga little setup. I don't have like my, my skiing, you know, right around the corner. Uh, so I've been running a lot, actually. I've been running. I probably have run five of seven days this week and was like pushing the distance on it because I was feeling good and running the old roots again. Uh, and, and I will say it's. It's just a weird feeling to go out there to hit. I don't know what I was running pace wise, but it probably was hitting consistent six, seven mile runs, you know, two of the last three days. And I was like, wow, I mean, this is, this is unique. And it maybe hit the itch again. Uh, not enough for me to set a, a goal for next year, but I'll put this out there. Uh, this was something that Steve actually, you know, tossed out before about we need we need to put another running challenge on the books because I don't have a real smart, smart goal. I'm not going to go with Mike and come up with a dumb goal because I just don't <laughs> have one. Uh, but I would I do want to run, you know, a long distance trail in my neck of the woods. There's the Teton Crest Trail, which is the classic run everyone does. And it's not even to be like in running shape for it, but it is to just you know, be able to move over a large distance of land in the mountains and get some incredible stuff. We actually throw around the idea last year of us doing it as an idea that come up, you know, as a running challenge. So whether we do as running challenge or not, I will put that, I should say it out loud because I actually want to accomplish it with you guys, hopefully without you, if I need to. I do want to run the Teton Crest uh, Trail this year. I think it's like it's 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 an ultra marathon type of thing. Like it, I forget the exact mileage, but it'd be like a thirty mile day. But if I can get to a point where you can, you know, run walk that uh, and weave through the Teton Mountains, that would be uh, that would be my goal for this year. What is the best time of year to do that trail? 
it, it's got to be the the early fall. It's got to be as as little snow as possible up there, which would be let it, the snow all melt all summer. And then you can get to probably I would bet it's probably like September, mid-September, late September. Uh, that would be uh, that would be a time where you get the least possible snow up there, but still like long days. You want long daylight to uh, to to get as much daylight as you can to do something like that. So if you guys how are in, you plan, how long do you plan to live out there for? Well, I guess I, I guess at least until September. That's like that's like the biggest life question I have right now of uh, what what the plan is with the wife now. Is that... I will tell you right now. I will guarantee September 2025. Guarant- oh, 2025. I, was... I can't do it this year. Okay. <laughs> I'll guarantee okay. September 2025 if you're still out there. I will do it with you. Okay. I I unfortunately will not let that probably influence decision of where we move. But even if, <laughs> even, if, even if we move back east before that, I would go out there again for it because it'd be so fun to go back to the spot, show you guys around and do something like that. So uh, count me in for September 2025, uh, even if I'm moving there or if I'm not. There. I will put it on the calendar right now. I will Imagine. put it on the calendar literally right now. I'm, I'm you, want, you want to pick a weekend? I'll put it in my yeah, calendar. Yeah, we'll put it in the calendar <laughs> Right now, Hold on, imagine that conversation with Megan. Be like, "Hey, listen, <laughs> we got it. One more year, we got to stay here. One more year. We should do All it. Right. We should do it on um, Labor Day weekend. We have Labor Day weekend, two thousand twenty-five. What is that? That would be that would be the uh the fifth. I assume it's the, the first weekend, right? Yeah. So the fifth to the ninth. So here we go. I'm putting it on. I'm you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna put Wednesday the third. I'll put Wednesday the third. I'm flying out. New event. Here, let's put it in the calendar <laughs> right now. Let's Run. book a flight. Let's book a flight right now. Trent, Steve, we're gonna do. We're gonna Steve, do, let's book a flight. You want to do it? I will book a flight. I don't think you can book a flight that far in advance, Probably but not. I will try. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go Wednesday to Wednesday, Trent. Deal. Yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday to Wednesday. No, that's that's because you want to. I think the key to something like this, too, is you want to give yourself a couple days to do it in case their weather creates issues on one day. So we try to do it as soon as we can, whether it be Friday. Like you want a day to acclimate to the elevation. We try to do it, you know, Friday. If it's a bad day, we do it Saturday. If it's a bad day, we do it Sunday. And then we have a couple days to enjoy ourselves. I not only put it on my personal calendar, I put it on my family calendar, which means Aaron <laughs> just got a notification that for September 3rd, 2025, I will be flying out to the that's Grand birthday. What a birthday present. Aaron. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. I so- would put it in my phone calendar, but there's zero percent chance that this phone makes it to september of 2025 it might not make it till tomorrow so wait a second whoa whoa hold on hold hold on mike hold on when you put something in your iphone calendar yeah it transfers over to your new phones that that's if that's if my phone makes the uh, the backup in time like i'm saying this thing might not make why don't you have instant backup uh i don't know maybe i do i might this is an insane way to live your life that you're you can't even you don't have a, like a, a calendar app that's connected to your other your your devices and that you can use universally this is insane wait 
How do you schedule anything in your life? I just life? put something on my calendar. I, on my I computer. put it all on my work, my work phone calendar. Your work phone calendar? Why are you doing yeah. that? Because that's 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 the only calendar I look at. No, no, we need that. Take the time off from work now. That's that's, that's good. a good point. That's a good Take point. Time off from work now. All right, I'll put it on my work phone. September. September. If you 30th. don't have the ability to schedule things two years in advance, then how do you function as a human? Two years in advance. That's what we're doing. I just scheduled this two years in advance. But what do you mean, function as a human? I don't. I'm, I don't know. I just can't believe you. Like, as soon as I added that, I can now see that on my computer. Listen, okay, I can see it on your the, computer. I can. My see wife it. can this, see it on our this, account. This is this is all a, a, a her phone. This was all just meant to be a throwaway joke that my phone's a piece of shit. Okay, and you guys are taking it far Don't too seriously. The cloud, though, you're insulting yeah, the cloud. I now. know. I'm so our our cloud. overlord. You know uh, who's who's whoever the Apple CEO. Can hear you right now. Jeff Bezos can hear you. Not you're not talking shit about Amazon, but whoever 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 is overseeing Apple can hear you, and they're putting you on the shit list right now. That's you probably gotta true. Good things to our overlords. They're gonna shut my phone off tonight. Probably. They probably will. Good. You guys can switch to Androids now. That's the way it really should be done. But I think this is really just Mike's way of trying to not get sucked into this because he. Will fight tooth and nail against any sort of real running challenge. So. It just it just feels sad to me that if I'm gonna book a trip out west, if I'm booking it for running instead of skiing, that's just sad to me. But hopefully, hopefully, I I'll ski before September 2025. There you go, Trent. You should really consider doing the uh, the JP Trail Fest with us and and on Labor Day 2024. Except <laughs> put that in my calendar too. We did it last year. I'm doing it again. We're doing it again this year. So uh, Labor Day. All right. I'll, I'll put it in the calendar. Wow. Is there anything else we want to add to the calendar? Yeah. What else can we do? What else we want to do? How do you want to go to Paris for the Olympics? What's the next Olympics? What's the Olympics after Paris? Yeah. Should we book Did that? that isn't it? Isn't it like LA and? And like the Mexico America combo, right? Isn't there a Olympics? That sounds like that sounds like the World Cup. Am I confusing the two? We could book the World Cup though. Could could we book the next World Cup though? World Cup 2030. <laughs> When's the next Super Bowl the Patriots will be in? Uh, with well, Bailey Zappi, 2025, probably depends. Are we keeping Bill Belichick as a head coach? I'd say let's book February 9th, February 10th, 2030. We'll get together, we're going to the Super Bowl to watch the Patriots win. Done, done deal. February 10th, 2030. And I think that's the perfect place to kick off. The Bell Lab. Mike, what do you got people on the Bell Lab? Just putting the Super Bowl into my calendar. All right, I got two things. Speaking of Super Bowl, so I got two things. Um, first one, Steve, I texted you. Let's see how long ago at this point. Must have been a month ago. Something like that. 
And I know it's the hot take now. Everyone's jumped on the bandwagon. But at the time, it was right after the Bills lost to the Eagles in like a overtime game or something like that. And I texted Steve and I said, hey, listen, I know there's a million reasons to hate this. But I just feel like if the Bills can catch a little bit of momentum down the home stretch, they are not a team that anybody wants to see in the playoffs. And I'm putting in, I think at the time I said it was 40 to 1, but on a different app, I ended up getting it at 50 to 1. I got it the, at 60 to 1. 60 to 1 for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. They're now down to 10 to 1. And I will win a lot of money. I mean, by far, by far the, the, the most I will ever win on anything ever for the rest of my life. And, and I, don't have the Patriots, so I am just a Bills fan for the rest of the season. Um, more, you know, obviously I want to win the bet, but I will always have that screenshot of that text that I sent, and it, it'll it'll just be one of the greatest accomplishments of my entire life. So I'm I'm a Bills fan. Uh, Buffalo Brian, we're, we're going all the way. We're going to the ship. Um, so I feel good about that. The second thing is, so I I'll, even... I'll, I'll I'll also say, if you're a friend of mine, and you text me a 50 to 1 bet, I have no choice but to take that bet. Yes. I have no choice. It, it is, it, it, it's, a, it, if you send it to me, say, hey, look at this bet. I have to take it. Just for the sole fact of like, if you win that bet and you sent it to me and I didn't participate, I would hate myself forever. Correct. You have to do that. So the second thing is, is I don't even know how this came up. I don't know how I stumbled upon it. But the other day I was searching for something on my computer and I came across uh, an episode of the Fasters that we did. And I like pulled it up. I ended up like starting. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And I ended up watching all like 15 minutes of it. And it, I don't want to toot our horn or anything, but this the finale of the the Fasters, is an awesome video. The fact that that didn't get more views on YouTube is crazy. It's it, it it's it's very good, and it's got your highs and lows. It's got teases. It makes you think dramatics are gonna happen. There's a little bit of you know funny stuff in there. There's good inspirational stuff at the end. I, I, like I said, I don't know how I stumbled upon it, but if you haven't watched it, go watch it. The Fasters on our YouTube channel. It, it was a, a cool series, and I think it's worth the watch, especially for the finale. The finale is by far the best episode. So, again, kind of random, but I just stumbled upon it. And I was like, this is this is, this was cool and fun, and, and if you're a fan of the show and what we do, you should go watch it. So, Mike, I uh, you know how, like, um, Barstool did that, like, surviving Barstool thing? Yeah. So that kind of got me, it, it, it just like, I saw something for it and I was like, we kind of did something like that. We did the fasters. And I actually, si similar, I recently went back and watched a couple episodes and you're right. The fact that we did that, like without any crew, we just did it on our iPhones and we, it, it was just, you know, we had no clue what we we're doing. It came out decent. Like it, it is actually pretty well done product for like what we had to work with, um, yeah, I agree. It was it was a uh, it was it was well done and it was fun to do and it's a fun kind of little time capsule to go back and look at. Not to mention we were 
we were preoccupied during that time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in record. So, I mean, we have our we have our mileage challenge for 2025 put out there. That's true. What if we what if we what if we what if we ran back the fasters for 2024? Oh God, Trent. I think. I think I think I'd win right now if we did the fasters. Right now, yeah, I'd say you have a pretty good shot. <laughs> I think we'd, I think I'd win if we did it in May. May, yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just saying, I I had a poor showing out there. I was pretty far away from the sport at that when we did the fasters, but the fasters was like, hey, dude, you got to pull it together. <laughs> that was my that was my turning point. The fasters is about more than just what kind of shape you're in though it's like no, how do right. you respond to like deprived sleeping how do you respond to messed up dieting how do you respond to getting your body moving at three in the morning you know at this time so that that's kind of the beauty of the challenge i guess is it's it's even more than just running it's like a whole uh a whole mental and physical challenge in so many components of your life Trent, what do you got people on the bell app um where, where's the snow boys i even i brought my skis home i brought my snowboard yeah. home i i was excited to like so i got married at waterville valley i have a season pass to waterville valley this year as part of getting married there which i'm not going to use but I was like, oh this week i'll do it i don't even think waterville is open like it's it's <laughs> pathetic after the rainstorm so i i'm sorry to you guys i know you guys are are uh, accomplished skiers in your own right um i'm not sure how much you're getting out there but it's it's like it's christmas vacation i was excited to take a day off from work this week and bum up somewhere and get out and and just you know get a little bit of skiing and so uh, i'm saddened by the new england state of winter this year have you guys have you guys i'm assuming you have not skied yet this year no i've skied, I've skied uh -huh. once i got i got a, i got a one time there was like there was like probably like eight or nine trails open. It was not the best, but it you know we got it's some turns in. We got some turns in. It was, it was enough. It was enough. Oh, that went. You knew it. You knew it was coming at some point. You knew it was coming at some point. I'm back. Um, can can, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, you knew it was coming at some point. You made yeah. it through most of the episode we, clean. You knew we got it was greedy. We got greedy with this belt, but I don't know if you heard me, but I did get skiing in. You did. You did. Well, I did. I'm glad because that might have been your last day of the season. Yeah, Unless it might have been. It's so. It's bad. Wow. Yeah. Uh, on my bell app, hey, they uh, USATF New England just released the Grand Prix schedule for people that are, are runners and want to compete and run road races. Um, we're pulling together a, a, a nice little team for uh, for the New England Grand Prix. We got some 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 new faces on the roster, and we're looking to keep building it out. So if you're a runner in New England and you don't have a team, we will gladly welcome you to our team. Great little roadrunners, like I said, we're we're looking to make a big jump this year. Uh, we finished, I think, you know, eleventh overall in the Grand Prix last year. We want to get. We want to we want to make a significant jump. I, I want to get you know top top five this year. So and we'll keep building from there. So if you if you don't have a team, whether you're going to score for us or not, or you're just looking for a group of people to run with, hit me up. Hit us up on the Peak Torelli, uh Instagram. I will uh, I will welcome you with open arms to to join us. So 
Other than that, I, I well, thanks to Trent for for joining us. It's been too long since we've had him on. This is a this was a a, a nice little dose of uh, of old school peak too early. Uh, maybe we'll have you on in, in another year. Hopefully we have you on before that. But it was good to see you, Trent. Thanks for joining us tonight. But other than that, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love. Back to St. Elmo, we had an Afternoonapolis Marathon, of course. You know, got a little emotional, broke down, had the greatest waiter of all time who saw the tears. He cheered us up with the tour of the, of the Peyton Manning room and the Jerry Jones. And then I go back to St. Elmo, you know, a couple couple months ago, or probably in the fall or something, with work. And I'm with, uh, with my work colleagues. And I, I just booked a reservation for the whole team. And I was like, hey, guys, I booked a reservation. St. Elmo's gets packed, right? So I booked it for like 9 o'clock on Thursday night. This was the earliest I could get. So like anyone wants to go to the steakhouse, no one had been. Like, it's the best steakhouse. And it's just a really cool environment. And we go in, and, and everybody goes. I had a team of four of us. So they all go. We all have a delicious steak. And then I see our waiter walk by. And he wasn't our waiter. But he just came to, like, fill our waters up because he was waiting nearby the tables. And I was like, hey, man, do you uh, you remember me? Like, I was the, the crying Patriots fan with a bunch of guys in here. And he's like, sorry, I, I meet a lot of people. It's just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I you know, I'm glad I, I, I told him, like, oh, you gave us a tour or whatever. Uh, but he, he wasn't clicking. And then he leaves. And then, like, 15 minutes later, he comes back with the biggest smile on his face. And he's like, <laughs> I remember you guys. Like, it just clicked. Like, you guys, <laughs> you know, coming. You just, I look so different. I'm in a suit, right? I'm in a suit with my colleagues in a work environment versus, you know, really buzz me and, and Pat's, <laughs> the, the, the group of us in Pat's jerseys. Like, he just was not able to click it. But that guy was the greatest fighter. When it connected, I was so stoked. And, and being back there was, was pretty fun. Uh, and it was fun to like be around my colleagues and be like, yeah, I was hammered. That's <laughs> 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 like the best night that we had. Uh, my favorite meal that we ever come out. So that was a, a fun little uh, return to the scene. Yeah. Woo! Un aplauso, padre, hijo. ¿Quién es el padre? ¿Quién es el hijo? Están igualitos acá.